What's up, guys? Welcome. Episode one of the Triple Double Live Show. Uh, I'm your host, joined as always by my fellow Pun School Kappa, Jared. How are we feeling today, man? We're ready, mate. Here we go. First show. Let's get it on. First show, first game, only a week away. Uh, look, before we start delving into things, just some quick housekeeping as well. Obviously, this is our first live stream. I've attempted to learn this all solo this past week, so there's a very high likelihood something goes to shit. Uh, if that's the case, just bear with us and I'll try and get it back up and running as soon as possible. But look, let's just get to the fun stuff. Today, uh, we're going to look at MVP, rookie of the most improved markets and try and identify, I guess, some market value there. Uh, we're also going to spend some time tackling three feature games for opening week where we've identified what we believe is market edge going into the early goings. Um, but look, that said, I mean, it's such a hectic start to the season. It's going to be hard to consistently find an edge, I think, in the early goings. What's your approach going to be anyway in the early, or at least for the first couple of weeks? Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a year unlike any other. We've like a very, very short turnaround. So you have very limited time to work through your capping and get all your spreadsheets in order. So I've, I've just had to say no to a lot of the things that I wanted to achieve for this year and, and just roll with the punches. So um, we went, I went through last night, we've got our power numbers sorted. I feel like that was a really, really important part of the process. Um, and then from there, you know, we've, we don't even really have a schedule release. Like there's, there's nothing from beat writers. So I don't, I don't know what you can really expect from yourself if, if those sort of guys aren't on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's a strange season. It's going to be a strange season, uh, strange environment. I think it, it's interesting. Like I think we've, I can speak for myself anyway. Like I've always been a heavy numbers guy in the NBA uh, and I just don't know how much of that is going to be relevant this season and how much waiting I can actually put behind it given the condensed nature of the season, the scheduling. It's it's going to be, to put it politely, a shit fest, I think, for a, a large part of the early goings in particular. So I guess it's just a matter of, of watching as much as possible and, and digesting as much information as you can possibly get your hands on and going from there really. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think a lot of it early on is going to be like bubble esque in, in that, like, you know, have your notifications turned on, get your favorite beat writers, make sure you, you know, you're, you're hearing stuff close to the teams um, because, you know, lineups could change. Like you've seen with the college stuff, you know, games yeah. could be canceled, players could be out. So, I don't, I don't know that there'll necessarily be as much of a focus on too much future. Like, you know, like you're probably not locking in numbers right on open because you, you may not know what's going to happen. Um, but, I mean, a good starting point is we've just finished up in a bubble. So we, we have some things to take away from that. Um, there's a lot of questions and then... A couple of answers <laughs> that come out of a bubble. So probably um, more questions than answers, I think. <laughs> I think so. So especially when transitioning back to the whole travel schedule in particular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I guess we'll digest more of that on a week to week basis as we sort of watch the season unfold. Um 
with that look, what are a couple of teams that you're looking to either back or fade in the early going of the season? So, once again, leaning back on the bubble, um, one of one of my points going into it was I'm looking for good team chemistry, you know, teams that have played a lot together, tight-knit groups. Um, we, we need good coaching. So, straight off the bat, that eliminates a lot of teams. Um, yeah. And a lot of teams this year, especially with new coaches. So, there's you're still having that transition period where you have a short turnaround, like, all your preseason staff's being sort of negated and, yeah. and you, you're learning as you're going. So I think I think there's going to be a lot of good aid points early on. Yeah, um, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, in terms of teams, though, for me, I imagine for a lot of the reasons you said in particular, finding myself backing Dallas a lot in the first couple of weeks yeah. uh, without spoiling our preview on that game later against Phoenix. I think I'll be really high on them, even without Porzingis in the first month or so, or however long he's out for. Like you said, you know, I, I want a team with an excellent coaching staff, and they tick that box. You know, they've got a genuine MVP candidate leading the way. They have excellent depth, uh, which I think is going to be crucial, again, given that condensed nature of the season. And they made, you know, they made a, a significant move, in my opinion, to strengthen that starting lineup rather significantly by adding Josh Richardson. Yeah. I just think this team is set up to hit the ground running. Obviously, they're coming off of like a historic offensive output. Uh, yeah. I don't think they can necessarily replicate that, but you know, they're, they're still going to warrant, I think, more respect than what the market's probably going to show them, especially in these first few weeks. Uh, so I can I can see myself probably putting money on them a lot in the early goings of the season, uh, and, and backing them probably more so than finding any one team to fade. Uh, even though like I, I know you're not particularly high on Brooklyn, and uh, there's probably a team I think I want to fade for a lot of the season, but I just I don't know how much market respect they're going to have in the early going anyway. So. No, you're right. So you heard that I don't like Brooklyn. Yeah, just <laughs> I may have seen a tweet or two online. <laughs> I just think it makes for the perfect storm. Like new coaching staff, you you already have disgruntled players from last year, and then you're adding in Kevin Durant. And while and while you know he's undoubtedly one of the best offensive players in the league, like. He's coming back from a from a major injury that doesn't have a great history of recovery. Yeah. Um, throw in Kyrie, and you've got guys like you know your Jared Allen's, your Spencer Dinwiddie's, Carissa Verts. Like, are they they all just going to be fighting for playing time? And and what does that bring to their locker room? So, until proven otherwise, I'm happy to jump on the fade train. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, I mean, like I said, for the most part, I imagine myself fading them throughout the season uh, or just avoiding them altogether. I don't see any real situations where I'll be backing them all that often. Um, I, I, think, just said. Yeah, I think if you want to, like, definitely totals. Like, they're, they're just going to be a dead not overs team this year. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I can't wait to see some of the um, early over-under totals as well once they start coming out in the next few days. That'll definitely make for some interesting rating. But um, look, let's just get straight into the markets, I guess, get this show uh, up and running. Uh, let's look at the MVP to start. We'll start, I think, by just disregarding the favourites here. I mean, Luca's justifiably favourite, but 
too short for me. Giannis is not getting it three straight seasons unless he breaks every other record under the sun and averages like a 30-point triple-double. AD <laughs> and Bron, I don't think they're going to play enough games, to be perfectly honest. Uh, so I'm just going to kick things off and give you my favourite play, which is obviously completely unbiased, and say that Jason Tatum, which I managed to grab at $26, is probably as good a value as you're going to get for MVP. It's hard to disagree, isn't it? I mean, so looking back at previous award winners, we we're looking at a team that does well in the regular season. Um, you know, uh, roughly the one or two seed within their conference, but also in the league. So I think a lot of the rescheduling this year lends itself to a strong Eastern Conference on the top side because there's less games being played like intricate, like outside of their conference. And then they're just going to have a chance to attack those lower seeded Eastern Conference sides. So they're going to have the record, um, throw that in with Kemba Walker missing the early parts of the season. His usage rate is going to be insane. Um, he's also 6'10 now, so that, that helps the conversation a little bit. <laughs> and going on his fourth year of being 19, the man is primed. Uh, I, I don't know what to make of that hole. He grew two inches in like oh, two The most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But <laughs> yeah, look, like you said, I think for me the big ones here are I do think Boston are a top two seed in the East. And I wouldn't be shocked to see them as a top two seed overall in the NBA because of the way the scheduling is going to work. And I think that they can feed off the bottom feeders in the East. I think the continuity of that team as well sets them up to, sets them up, sorry, to start the season really strongly, which is always a big plus. Uh, and, you know, not only is Kemba out for the first month, possibly more, but losing Gordon Haywood and not necessarily replacing him properly we saw in games where Haywood didn't play or stretches of games where Haywood didn't play is when Tatum's usage really went up and so did his efficiency in terms of scoring the basketball and creating for teammates. Yeah. Uh, in the bubble in particular, I think we saw his playmaking really take a huge step forward. So if he can incorporate that into a full season and become a primary playmaker as well as a primary scorer, there's no reason, I don't think, why he can't average, let's say, 27, 8, and 6 yep. on a season and play at a high level, play over 90% of games. We know that obviously he's a terrific two-way player as well, so the fact that he has such an impact on the defensive end will only help his case. For me, $26 is just too big a number for him, too big a number for a superstar player who's going to play in over 90% of the games. I think that's probably the one thing I really want to emphasise uh, in a season like this, and one who could be, you know, on a team that essentially finishes with the top two record in the entire NBA. That's right, and one of the one of the only players, sort of, in that top ten pricing that is not to throw any disrespect at Jalen, but like you know, he is a standalone superstar on a team. Like yeah. most most of those other t- players within that conversation, you know, you've got two or three deep. So. Um, you know, he's not sort of sharing the numbers with anyone. I think it's a really good spot to grab him at, at over twenty dollars. I I definitely wouldn't touch it below that, but um, but yeah, no, no, I would, I would, yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> take him at, at under twenty. Like I said, I managed to snag twenty six. I'm pretty sure we still got twenty twos floating around somewhere. So yeah. if you have a shop about, I think that's probably a good price. I was kind of high on 
Damien Lillard as well. Uh, but I've kind of pulled back from that. His price has tumbled, I think, in the last week. He was about 26 as well. I've yeah. seen him as well, 16, 17 now. Seems to kind of be a popular, you know, dark horse, which mm-hmm. I can understand. Uh, but like you said as well, the award kind of really focuses, aside from that Russell Westbrook year, uh, you kind of need you kind of need your team to be top two or three in the NBA. And I, there's, like I'm high on Portland this year, but I don't think they're going to be that good. Uh, no. So that's probably going to be his biggest hindrance there. And like I said, I think the value's kind of been sapped from, from him. But look, again, I still think Luke is justifiably favourite. Um, yep. And it's going to take a lot to, to beat him. I just wouldn't take him at that price is essentially all I'm saying. No, and, no. And, and this, is the, this is the year where if you want to back something, like it's, it's quite literally worth a gamble, taking, taking long odds on a player uh, in a season like this, which yeah. leads me to my next point, actually. If you want a crazy long shot, Ben Simmons at $91. Look, I don't necessarily recommend making this bet, but I can see a world where he averages a triple-double with this system, shooter stacked around him, He'll play at an all-NBA level defensively. Stranger things have happened, I think, in terms of, you know, teams being able to put together strong regular seasons. If the Sixers somehow string together a hot couple of months and finish in the top two seed, Simmons at $91 is uh, absurd pricing as well, in my opinion. Absolutely. I suppose it just depends what team he'll be playing on. (laughs) Well, I mean, let's be honest as well. If You're right. Hypothetically, let's say he stays with the Sixers. I mean, the whole narrative behind him and the fact that he has such support amongst his sort of NBA peers as being the next LeBron, as Dwight likes to say, yeah. because of the way he plays the game, that's only going to work in his favour as well if he is putting up, let's say, you know, close to a 17-10-10 for the majority of the season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look what happened when he made 1-3. The internet lost its mind. So <laughs> if, he can, if he can perform at a high level um, offensively and, and Philly gets going, I can definitely see a, a media narrative getting behind him. For um, sure. It's, it's definitely a good buy spot. Um, but I think, exactly. like, exactly what we did last year, like, you know, we got to the midpoint of the season. It was very clear that Giannis was going to be the man to take it out and, and we were still able to get him at plus odds. So I think... I think exactly. Look for your long shots, buy early, be ready to sell um, when the time comes. Exactly. Completely agree there. Um, but look, let's go to rookie of the year here. Probably a more interesting category from a betting perspective. I mean, a lot has been made about the supposed uh, lack of top-tier talent in this year's draft. And that should lend itself, I think, to an interesting rookie of the year race as a result. Where are you saying value... Uh, in this category? it Very much like the MVP market, it's a very top-heavy market. Um, but I, I just can't get interested in anyone, any of even the top five picks. Like, you're looking for someone who's going to be, like, high usage, um, like, a you know, a, a Jar Morant repeat, basically. You, you know, exactly. You're look at, looking at your guards. You're looking at who's going to have high usage. Um, they're going to have to start a high percentage of their games, so already that rules out people. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> if you're a center, you're pretty much not going to win it. Um, yeah. So so we scroll down the list, have a look at a bit of value, and and Carl Anthony's one that stands out for mine. Um, yeah. 
Well, look, when when you messaged me the price on Cole Anthony, I thought that was probably one of the best futures you could possibly bet on in the NBA at $41 was just insane. And like you said, you want someone who's literally just going to go out on the floor and have free reign to do whatever the hell they want. And I think he's literally going to have a green light to just shoot the basketball whenever and as often as he likes. And we've already seen that in preseason as well, to be honest. He hasn't shot the ball particularly well, but at least he's got the green line to do so. Um, And I think what I like about him is there's a chance Orlando blow things up this year. Um, And, you know, we see guys like Evan Fournier leaving the fold, Aaron Gordon possibly as well. that's literally just going to invite him to to take over the team from an offensive standpoint, run the pick and rolls with Vucevic basically all game and stat pad as much as he possibly can. In which case, like I said, that $41 is insane. I think the only reason I'm kind of off him at the moment is just seeing how much his price has tumbled in the past sort of, you know, five or six days. Um I don't know if I want any piece of him. It's sort of anything under like $28. No, no, not at all. It's, I mean, what you're buying is the narrative that that Orlando does blow it up and that he's starting. So yeah. while, while it's not outlandish to think that that happens, you still want to make sure you're getting best value for your pick. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, this sort of rolls into, into what we're about to talk about with our previews, but... Orlando is a, is a massive candidate to um, to blow it up and be be extremely average again this year. Yeah. Um, going through my notes from from last season, like you know, Orlando is either going to have the best offense in the league or the best defense in the league. They're never going to have both of these things at the same time, but one or the other is going to happen, and they both can happen in the same season. Um, we saw some That's wild stuff last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And look, uh, I think we saw how how badly that offense just sort of fell off the map once they lost Jonathan Isaac. Mm. It just completely they, they lose all balance in that team entirely without him. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's very much going to be the latter, where they might again be a really good defensive team in the early goings, and just struggle to score with any sort of consistency. Yeah. But. Um, Look, if you want something a little bit more concrete, let's jump ahead. Let's talk most improved um, because I have a pretty strong opinion here. This is already a play for me that I've got down and I think we're getting true value on the market. Now, the obvious one here is SGA in Oklahoma. You know, He's going to be given basically the keys to that team and... There is nothing there to support him, which essentially means he his usage rate, I think, is basically going to be James Harden-like uh, probably for the entire season. Um, I don't know if it necessarily transpires into an efficient season, though, which is kind of why I'm not as big on him winning the award as, say, a lot of other people are that I'm seeing in and around the media and even online. But one guy that I... Absolutely am on, like I said, it's already a play for me. Kobe White in Chicago at $26. This is his team now. You know, the Bulls have kind of cleared the path 
for an uptick in minutes for him. Chris Dunn's left town. I think we see him probably playing 32 to 36 minutes a night. He came on a lot as well in the final few weeks of the season. If he can continue that growth projection and show that it wasn't just a flash in the pan sort of run of games for him, he's going to do a really nice job, I think, of stuffing the stat sheet. Uh, I saw some quotes as well from him talking about how he believes he's taken a massive leap and that the game just feels slower for him at the moment and he's finally adjusted to the NBA, especially in terms of finishing and decision-making. So I think things really are set up for him to progress in a big way in Chicago. And I just think he's massively overpriced here, $26. For me, I don't think we're going to see a player that has, I think, the as big a jump. Yeah. No, it's all set up for him, definitely. And um, the almost Orlando-esque is the Chicago Bulls. What what we sort of see happens with them um, is yet to be determined with the Laurie Markkinen. Uh, even with Patrick Williams coming into the fold, they're going to want to get him some time. So um, at the end of the day, Kobe White's going to have a plethora of options um, yeah. if, he can, if he can get his assists um, happening and tick those points up to where they were, then there's no reason why that isn't great value. Yeah. So like I said, that for me is a bet. I think it's the best bit of value in terms of the futures markets for the award side of things. Uh, another bit of value, I mean, I haven't bet it. I might. Actually, I might not, to be honest. But Chris Boucher, um, like it's hard for a six man, I think, to win the award. But there's a really high ceiling for him this season, given the available minutes in the front court now. You know, he's a high energy guy, can contribute with points, rebounds. He stretches the floor. You know, he's great on the defensive end as well, adds a few blocks. I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to sell myself on him given <laughs> my fantasy team last night. <laughs> either way, I think he's someone to keep an eye on this season uh, for this award, more so I think than a six-man award given that, you know, they largely go to high-volume scorers and guards. But that's someone who, for me, has really high upside this year and will see a huge, I think, uptick in production and efficiency as well. Whether it's enough to necessarily catch the eye of voters and, and sort of propel him to the forefront of the conversation, I don't know. But certainly one, I think, if his price was higher, I think I'd, I'd certainly be getting on Boucher here. For sure. I mean, um, the addition of the House of Baines is um, a bit of a detractor from that one. But... Um, like you said, yeah. he has a huge upside. Um, he's going to see plenty of minutes. And what, from what we saw from him last year, you know, you, it's hard not to be impressed by him. Yeah, exactly. I, I, like I said, I just think the, the the upside is there, if nothing else, right? Yeah. It, and, and for Toronto, like, it's going to be a funny year. Um, I'm not particularly high on um, ICP at the moment. Um, we'll sort of see how he goes. Um, taking his late season form into this season. The one-time All-Star, uh, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, started over Jason Tatum, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I quite like his teammate, OG Anobi, though. Um, yeah, yeah, that's know, another one, for sure. Kawhi Jr., he's set to make some leaps this season, I think. Yeah. Um, I, at $34, I can get around him. Um, but my my biggest target is actually Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, I can get on board. Yeah, $51 on the board. Um, that's very inviting. And yep. like we touched on earlier, I think Portland has a huge upside. Um, he should start 
Gary Trent Jr., maybe six man of the year candidate. Just depends how they sort of play things, I guess. But um, yeah, I think he's definitely got a, a lot of improvement on a on a good team. If we're seeing that media influence, a bit of bandwagoning, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Especially if they run like a, a high paced offense this season as well, where he gets the looks on the perimeter as in particular and can sort of, you know, as quick as you like, put up 15 points without realizing it. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't disagree with that one at all. Um, but look, let's get into, I guess, what everyone wants to talk about and have a look at some of these opening lines. So we're going to pick three feature games that we feel we have the biggest market edge on in the early goings. Um, so we'll start things off, I think, with Dallas at Phoenix. Now, the opening line was Suns minus two, quickly adjusted to Suns minus one and a half, which I think is where it's settled. That said, I still have the I still think, anyway, the wrong team is favoured here. So my number comes up as Dallas minus one and a half. So have you got something similar or are you with the market on this one? No, definitely not. I, um, I'm 100% with you. So I've got, I make it Dallas about one and a half point favorites. So um, obviously a nice early look at that money line um, while the books are just going off the fact that um, the Suns are just going to project their 8-0 eight, eight run from the bubble forward coming into the season. <laughs> Yeah, and look, I mean, I'm a Suns believer this year as well. I think they do make the playoffs. I think they're well coached. I think there's a good culture there. But I can't pass up on the chance to take what is ultimately still the better team for me at plus odds. Uh, even with Porzingis unavailable, it's something they clearly are used to managing. Dwight Powell is such a big return for this team as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm also really, really high on that Jace, uh, Josh Richardson sorry, trade that I mentioned earlier. His defensive presence alongside Luca, I think, is a huge plus for them in defending the perimeter in particular. Uh, and I think in this environment and in this offense, we could see him going back to being the type of offensive player he was in Miami before he yeah. got to Philly and had his career damn near ruined. Before but, he had to literally take every single three-point shot of a night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, all the while still playing as like the fifth option scorer. Which is <laughs> strange. But The only guy not on a max contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And look, I, I think the on-court matchups here are going to be really fun. Uh, like I said, I love what Phoenix has done, what they're doing. Uh, Jay Crowder, I think, is a great pickup. Cam Johnson, I think, takes another step forward in his development. Mikhail Bridges is an undervalued commodity. Um, but look, all that said, I just think they struggle to match up with some of the versatile lineups that Rick Carlisle can throw at them in particular, uh, especially, you know, when Aiton sits. And, you know, if Dallas runs like that, that front court of Boban and Maxi Kleber, for example, like that's just something that, the Suns aren't going to be able to contain. Uh, and I think defensively as well, Dallas, as, as poor as they are defensively, I still think they can find better on-ball matchups, especially down the stretch against Phoenix's wings and scorers, you know, like Jay Rich on Booker or, you know, Finney Smith can switch there as well if need be. Whereas I don't think Phoenix quite have that on-ball defensive presence in their team at the moment. Uh, losing Kelly Oubre as well, by the way, is a huge loss for them. I think that's something that's kind of gone a little bit under the radar. But 
I won't go too much longer on this game. I, I you know, I'm a little bit conscious of time here, but for me, Dallas should be favourites. I have minus one and a half. You said you had minus one and a half as well for Dallas. Yeah. Yep. On your numbers, so I mean, look, taking the money line here, anything above two hundred five just makes too much sense for me. So, I think that's an official play for us. Yeah, let's let's take Dallas. Dallas yep. head to head in this one to get things going with an easy W. I think. Hundred percent. I mean. There's, there's probably a bit of value on the first half when it comes out. Um, just oh, yeah. being, being just the best first half scoring team in the league. Yeah, um, that's true. But, but if it is tight within the final sort of five minutes, get out of there, sell everything. Chris Paul is coming for you. He, is gonna, he could cover anything from that point. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They were, they were the worst clutch team in the NBA last year, Dallas. Yeah. Um, they were actually projected to win seven more games than what they did, which is scary. It goes to show you, I guess, the upside that this team has. Like, they're legitimately a top-four team in the West. Yeah. Um, but they just really need to fix those those issues down the stretch. And like you said, if if it comes down to it, I, I don't feel comfortable being on the other end of Chris Paul. That's for sure. Um, but, look, let's, uh, let's jump into that next one. I want to talk about Philly-Washington here. I know you're high on the Wizards. Uh, I think I am a little bit as well. But regardless, this number doesn't seem to make a ton of sense to me. So sixes minus seven and a half here at home in an empty arena. So home court for me, not worth anything here. Um, but I have this number at minus three and a half. Tell me I'm not entirely crazy in that you being the president of the Washington Wizards Betting Association this year <laughs> uh, shows an edge on the Wizards as well. No, um, and it might come as a surprise, but I only have um, Philly favoured by about three points. So, um, okay, so we're pretty up, in line then. Yeah, it sets up perfectly for my um, my preseason um, betting angle on the Wizards, which is probably a dumpster fire waiting to happen. But it's it's going to happen regardless because I, we're here now. I, I'm committed to this idea. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I yeah. guess there's a lot of there's a lot of unknowns here, as we'd expect, right? I mean, the Sixers will be more polished, I think, under Doc Rivers. Whether that comes to fruition on opening night, I don't know. Uh, and there's the obvious concerns with this play. Washington can't defend. Um, they have nightmare matchups to deal with, I think, with Embiid and Simmons, mm-hmm. who should physically, I guess, just be able to bully their way in the key and get whatever the hell they want. Uh, I kind of worry about Washington's second unit a lot, but... I'm not particularly sure Philly has enough consistency offensively off the bench for that to really be a factor here. Um, but what I like about this Westbrook fit in Washington is I think the style of play is going to benefit him in the regular season. So, yeah. you know, the Scott Brooks reunion is a big one, but Russ is going to be able to play downhill almost every single time he touches the ball. Uh, the Wizards are laced with dead-eye shooters from deep. You know, he can kick out, find them in transition. One thing we know is Embiid isn't conditioned to play up and down basketball. <laughs> so if they can't stop him, they literally may as well just try and run his ass off the court, right? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, um, bringing Davis Batans back, and we've seen some nice stuff from, from Danny, their rookie, in the preseason. Oh, yeah. I, know, I think it's going to be just a super fun team. Um I've got a note here. Um, Russ is going to look like an energizer bunny on cocaine. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. Um, take those big numbers, bet them early. Um, if Scott Brooks is going to do Scott Brooks and sit his starters all at once, look to take some of that favorite. If you can get get some nice money line or or even like a small chalk, then then I'd yeah. be jumping on that. It's they're going to be a really fun team to um, to trade. I think. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong there. I think they'll be a really, really fun team in that regard. Uh, but look, I mean, I don't think our edge on this game is as big as as my numbers are showing. Um, but I'm absolutely locking in Washington plus seven and a half. I've already got that bet placed and ready. I'll probably take some Washington first half as well when those markets become available. Yeah. Um, if we if we get a four and a half, that's an absolute lock. Yeah, I think that's a buy for sure there. So, yeah, two games, two plays already. Jeez, we're flying off the blocks this week. <laughs> How much time uh, do we have? <laughs> uh, look, I guess we'll, we'll. There's one more game I do want to touch on before we sign off for today. Um, let's look at Magic Heat. Uh, Miami traveling to Orlando. I think I've got the graphics the wrong way around here. But anyway, I don't think this needs as much of a breakdown. Um, so we've currently got Miami at minus two and a half. My number has it minus seven and a half. And like I said, I- I'm low on Orlando. I, I recognize that for sure. Uh, and so I'm not putting too much emphasis on on these numbers just yet because I think Orlando could start the season probably a little bit more sturdy than most teams around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had to create an adjusted number, I did make a note where I probably had it at minus five and a half for Miami, yeah. which is still enough of an edge to play, really. That's right. So <clears throat> I make this about a four and a half, five. Um, yeah. Based mainly, I, I'm not quite sure what to do with Miami yet. So they're really intriguing team as to how they come into the season and what they do. Um, I feel like the bubble was the perfect storm for this team. Like yeah. the, the Jimmy Butler, I'm not cutting my hair, I'm not shaving, everyone's tight <laughs> together, Tyler Hero is my boy. Um, how that's now going to translate to the, let's just put it, the very average team that they were before they went into the bubble. Like yeah. home and away, was there, was there a team that had a, a bigger differential? Um, yeah, I don't think there was off the top of my head, was there? Yeah. I was literally just thinking that then because I know that they were terrific at home and terrible on the road. And I, yeah, yeah. They, they, were, they, were Philly, they were Philly-esque. Yeah. So, yeah, that, really- so, yeah I, I'm approaching it with caution, but also Orlando. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And look, I mean, it's also worth noting Orlando's one of the few teams that's actually going to have fans um, on opening night. So I believe they're allowing up to 4,000 fans. So I have actually given them a home court advantage here. Well, that's their entire fan base. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, yeah, probably. You're not wrong. (laughs) Uh, So, look, I I do give them some home court edge here. And like I said, my adjusted number that I've got is actually five and a half, but still shows an edge naturally on, on the heat. I just think Miami come out and kind of want to prove a point here after that sort of, you know, Cinderella run to the finals. Um, 
I like the additions they made. I like Avery Bradley. I like Mo Harkless coming into the rotations. I think they're both really astute pickups. Um, they drafted well as always because that's just what Miami does. You know, a, a lot obviously will come down to can the likes of Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, even Kendrick Nunn now that he's probably going to go back into the rotation more heavily in the regular season, can they actually make a notable jump uh, consistently on a night-to-night basis? That's kind of the big thing for the Heat this season. And like you said, it's going to be really interesting to see how they adjust to the regular season now, not being in the bubble. So I think there's there's definitely a cause for concern here. But at the same time, I mean, this is just simply about laying the points with the better team and the better coach on opening night, right? I think so. I think, and I think we see that number move as as people sort of warm up. I think I think it will trend maybe towards a three. So, yeah. getting on top of a good number, it, it's hard not to take the heat in this position. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Actually, the market probably going to move, so we're probably better off jumping on Miami now, and then looking at our position. I guess later as the week progresses. Yeah, but, yeah. But, we'll find out pretty quickly what team we're going to get from both sides. So, yeah, yeah, exactly right. So those are the three games I think for today that we'll cover. Obviously, we'll do a lot more on the weekend show. Uh, we'll probably look at the two open opening night games as well in a little bit more depth. But definitely lock in. I think that Dallas money line play now and. Do we want to say definitely lock in the Wizards seven and a half? Like, I don't know what the market's going to really do there. I don't think you're going to lose a lot. Um, and if you do, I don't think you'll be disappointed. <laughs> uh, I think I think it's just a wait wait and see. Um, after you've just dropped Ben Simmons in the MVP chat, who knows what's going to happen? We could see 10. <laughs> could see 10s by, um, by kick. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair point. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. I think we sit there. If we see it moving towards the seven, maybe we buy at that point. Um, yeah. But see if we can maybe push an eight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like like you did say as well, I think we definitely look at buying that first half line for Washington when that becomes available, especially yeah. if we get anything around that four and a half. Definitely, definitely. Four and a half, absolute lock. Anything less than that, yeah. Probably still play it anyway, right? Yeah, probably. Probably just take if they open at three and a half. Probably just take that money line and crush it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. So official official first play of the book will be the Dallas Mavericks money line. Uh, we do lean towards the Wizards. We do lean towards the Heat. Um, but we'll probably lock those in a little bit later. You can come and find our Facebook group as well. By the way, Pun School NBA Betting. We'll post. Uh, let's just. I don't know. I'm kind of just making this up as we go. Let's just go and post the entire first week of members plays for free in there. What do you reckon? Sounds spicy. All right, let's do it. I'll, I'll leave. Uh, I'll leave you in charge of that one. <laughs> first week, first week, it might be heavily, heavily Washington orientated, but <laughs> <laughs> first week of official members plays will be free in that Facebook group. So go and join. Uh, if you follow Jared on Twitter. You could probably butter him up to extend that to like the first two weeks maybe. Yeah, I think I got it back on screen now. Um, <laughs> but anyway, man, I think that'll do us for the first episode. 
good to get this thing up and running. Like I said, we'll be live twice a week. So we'll do every Wednesday and Saturday. Yep. Uh, so we'll come again Saturday morning. I think this week we'll preview probably some team totals or uh, season win percentages, I think is the best way we're going to go about it this year. Uh, yeah. Hopefully so we'll they look- can open soon and um, we can get a good look at those. But yeah, I think I saw it. A couple of nice spots. I think I saw them this morning up on Top Sport. So okay, sweet. Um, we'll jump and have a look at there. We'll preview those on the weekend. And like I said, we'll preview some more opening lines. And then we'll be here next Wednesday when the NBA kicks off. I oh, know. Insane. Um, one, one more quick lock, though, for the people at home. Um, we sort of brushed past it. But um, sixth man of the year, Jordan Clarkson. I know we're probably running out of time, but that at $10, that has to be an absolute lock-in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, I mean, the award just goes for guard, right? Like just high-volume scoring guard. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's a higher-volume scoring guard off the bench than Jordan Clarkson. I, I think he had the highest usage rate in the bubble out of any player. player. Yeah, I saw that. That was insane. <laughs> that, was, that was literally mind-blowing. Like, I couldn't fathom that for the life. Shoot, shoot just going to shoot. <laughs> yeah, I like that one, actually. That's a, that's a very decent bit of value, I think, as well. Jordan Clarkson, $10 for six man of the year. Um, but anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in for the first episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with it this season. We'll give out plenty of free picks along the way. Hopefully make plenty of profits to go with it. Jared, I will – well, I'll probably chat to you later this afternoon, but I will chat to you again on the show Saturday morning. Perfect. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Like, subscribe, review. Oh, yeah, please do that as well. And find us on Spotify, Apple iTunes. Listen to the podcast if you don't get to tune in live as well. And just subscribe to that as well for the sake of it if you can. That'd be great. It wouldn't wouldn't be a triple-double show without stat stuffing, would it? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks again and enjoy the rest of your afternoons.